Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, tennis fans. Welcome to the Yellow Ball Network. This is where you'll find all your tennis news. This is your host, Coach Denise, exploring tennis blessings with our mentors. Tennis is a wonderful sport, which can be the vehicle which can take you through life's journey. And our mentors will provide the roadmap for that journey. Our format is a little different than most shows, as I do just interviewing great mentors. And when you have, blessed to have the mentors on that I've had for the last three years, you can see why I don't have to do much talking after I get started. Uh, Usually on the first um, Thursday of the month, we have Alan Fox on. On the second Thursday of the month, we have Chuck Greasy on. On the third Thursday of the month, we have Dr. John Murray. And on the fourth uh, Thursday, we have either Coach Scott Williams or Energy Coach Linda LeClaire. And on those special, uh, every other month usually we have uh, Linda on. Um, those special times, though, like today, we have her husband uh, joining her today, uh, Dr. Bryce Young. So I think we have a, a special show coming up for you. It's always special for me um, to talk to him. I enjoy talking with them so much. And some of the information going on on Facebook now I think kind of leads right into uh, today's uh, topic, really. Uh, but these are the people you will normally have. I should say next week, the third Thursday, I always bring somebody else in on those Thursdays when that happens. Unfortunately, I have a minor surgery that was moved two days, and the you know, two days, unfortunately, moved it into uh, next Thursday. So I get dumb enough sometimes on these broadcasts, but uh, I don't want to uh, come on the same day, although I should be out of the hospital the same day. So we won't have no broadcast uh, next week, and, but we'll be joined again the week after with Alan Fox. I'd like to... Uh, Thank the CEO uh, of the uh, network, the Yellow Ball uh, Network, uh, for being part of this here for so long. And if uh, you haven't uh, joined uh, Coach Weber on his uh, Facebook site, then quite frankly, you're missing out on something. And, of course, the nice thing about Blog Talk Radio is you can tell your friends about it because if you don't listen live, then you can listen at any time you want. I listen to Coach Creasy's American Tennis broadcast uh, every week, but it's not always on Wednesday. Matter of fact, very few times is it on Wednesday afternoon. Uh, It's usually 6 or 7 in the morning or 9 or 10 o'clock at night, not at noon. But that's the great thing about Blog Talk Radio is you tell your friends uh, to listen in, and we'll post it on all the coaching sites that 
uh, we belong to, and um, we've been blessed to uh, have three years of exciting broadcasts. I think it's going to continue to be the Almighty Willing, um, simply because um, you seem to enjoy it. I always tell the people I don't take uh, live um, broadcasts on the uh, network uh, because I'm slow getting into the 21st uh, century, but uh, I I had a bad incident one time, but I do uh, have you uh, respect your views. You're going to hear my views. I, like everybody else, uh, uh, can be biased at times, uh, but I'm going to give you the truth the way I perceive the truth to be, but I respect your view, and I do want to hear your view, and as long as it's uh, we could talk uh, in a civil uh, tone to each other and we could express ideas and not make derogatory remarks, uh, you might be surprised. You might either hear your views on this broadcast or it wouldn't be the first time I posted them in one of my articles uh, in Florida Tennis Magazine. So I I do think we don't have enough open discussion uh, in the country, and uh, you get my view, and, and I do listen to your view too. I think we have uh, our mentors on the phone today. Uh, doctor, are you there? Yes, Linda, sir, are you there? I, <laughs> yes, I'm here as well. Hello. Hello. Um, let me just uh, introduce you. I just wanted to uh, tell our broadcast a little bit something about them. I think most of uh, you know uh, all of our mentors, as you uh noticed uh, all have written uh, books uh, or papers and they contribute and uh, the other thing is they all still contribute today and our two guests uh, today are no uh, different matter of fact uh, both Dr. Uh, uh, Young uh, book and uh, Linda LeClaire's books are part of the books that I placed on our uh, certification program for uh, the Florida High School Tennis Coaches Association when I was coaching high school and executive director of that organization. Uh, a lot of people said, asked that I had a lot of nerve posting, uh, putting a program, but it seems like other states are following it, and uh, I just didn't <laughs> see no sense in uh, trying to reinvent the wheel. Uh, I've I I have biases like everybody else, and for years I've given um, books out to my players when they were uh, working with me and uh, Linda LeClaire's uh, books and uh, Bryce uh, Young books were among those books. And, of course, we include other books on those uh, certification programs. Uh, We have... uh, uh, Timothy Gallery's, uh, you know, The Inner Game of Tennis, uh, uh, all other books of our uh, mentors, regular mentors are on uh, their uh, Dan Coyles. I can't name them all right now, uh, but uh, 
Uh, they're not all, everyone that's in my library is not on the reading list, but it's important that we share, but it's important that we learn from the uh, past, and that's through reading. Uh, I think uh, I think most of you uh, know uh, of the uh, program in uh, Hilton Head, your mental coach, and um, quite frankly, I think it's the best team, uh, husband and wife team in the business. Uh, but they've been, uh, I've been blessed to use their material over a lot of years. Matter of fact, I had found something. Um, both the, I'm going to ask you as a question if this sounds familiar. I had a uh, uh, phone call from somebody that wanted to do my uh, program that I used for the high schools. We had player-parent meetings three months in a row prior to that, and one of the handouts, I and, and given him the information, I found a uh, program and tell me if uh, this sounds uh, familiar to you. I told you all a long time ago. I'm the biggest thief in the world. Uh, this is something <laughs> that I have stolen. Uh, this is uh, what the, the old John Denise School of Tennis Let Program Ten Daily Action Tips. I was always one for handing out stuff, and I did it on a daily basis. And uh, tell or show someone that you love them. Number two, praise someone you go to school or live with. Three, read a book or listen uh, to a tape that stimulates thought. Increase my skills, but be patient. Do something for good health. Uh, be closer to your goals than when you, than when you woke up in the morning. Do anything tough and challenging to build discipline. Do something for pure joy of it. Take time uh, to reflect on the lessons of the day and plan another successful day. I think all but one of them, I have a note when I was going through there from the two of you where I got this from. All of one of them, but truthfully, I think it was the tenth one, but I don't remember which one it is. I don't know if you do, but um, it's just one of the many things that I just want to thank you for. Oh, well, Coach Denise, uh, coming from a Hall of Famer, that's uh, that's high praise, and we uh, we appreciate that. And and I was I was smiling, and you'll you'll hear us laughing with you at times because. I remember uh, uh, Craig Tiley, the the coach who uh, had uh, taken Illinois to an NC2A team title before Tennis Australia hired him, and uh, he he was uh, speaking at the PTR International Symposium one one year, and was nice enough to quote me, and he said, "You know my slogan, Doc: Steal, baby, steal." <laughs> so so I think all of us. Uh, all of us, if we see something good that's going to help other people, we give each other permission to do that as often as we can because we're really we're we're on this earth to help each other. And and I was I was listening and taking in everything you just shared, uh, Coach Denise, because what came to me was if you could do the ten things that uh, that you just noted for us for your listening audience. 
on a daily basis, those would become habits, and that is a life well lived. So you, uh, you've done a terrific job of putting those things in front of, of your listeners, but also all those young people whose lives you've touched. Well, I, I think it, I've been blessed to know you and uh, the other people, and all I do is uh, now I'm spending less time on the courts. My time on the courts are now limited to mornings. Uh, there's still some people that think an old coach has something to offer, but I remind everybody there's a difference between a hitting partner and a coach, so uh, be careful what you wish for. Well, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> and, and of course, the writing for Florida Tennis Magazine, which I uh, have come to enjoy. And it's interesting because I was thinking of uh, my last uh, article issue, in the last issue of Florida Tennis, I wrote about an old basketball coach perspective on tennis coaching. And of course, that's where I spent many years in the three people that were instrumental in, in helping me take my basketball philosophy. And I had some uh, recently some people talk about the three-point game and the change, and I had one in, uh, I got a call the other night saying, well, thank God tennis don't have referees watching a basketball game. So there is something, but it, I couldn't help but to remember and um, the, the confidence factor, who I thought was one of the great uh, coaches in uh, in the country, uh, Coach Bobby uh, Clemens, and I remember that you two actually worked for his. He said you were the mental part of his team uh, there. Would you would you like to talk? Am I off base with my similarities between uh, basketball and tennis? No, there's definitely some analogies, and and in fact, uh, there's even a crossover at times. I I remember uh, when I first started in sports psychology, coming out of the University of Virginia, uh, I had been an academic advisor for the University of Virginia's basketball team, uh, men's and women's, and uh, I had a uh, a pro who was in the NBA say. Oh, man, Doc, he said, every off day we get, we're at the indoor courts playing tennis. And he says, you know what? It's tough to get a lob over. I was talking to Ashley Hobson uh, recently and him and Chuck Greasy and, uh, oh, God, yeah, forgive me, are doing this uh, 20%. Uh, the last 20%, which is uh, fantastic, right. and one of them was going to be Inspiration Academy. And I said to him, I said, you know, you you talked about uh, uh, the, the doctor and how great he was in helping you, and how come you don't have him in it? And he said that, in talking to him, he says, the same problem that I've had over the years trying to get uh, Linda and you at the high school coaches uh, association meeting when I was running them at the workshops, you were always someplace else. And he says, it's the same way. He said, believe me, I'd have them here. So uh, uh, your influence, the the two of you, really, I think, are all over. We have one of the things going on now 
In fact, I somebody commented. I just responded the last couple of days on a, a great uh, coach and so, uh, on the uh, Facebook, and it's, they're talking about motivation and how do you activate confidence. And uh, when somebody says, but my comment was too simple, and it probably is. I'm a simple individual, but you have to. No, one of the reasons I ran the parent player meetings, you got to, you know, know somebody and love them and you've got to get to, and it's hard. I think young people, especially it's hard for them to give of themselves. And if you're not going to give of yourself, you're not going to get them to give it. So if you don't know someone, how do you motivate them? But I think Linda, I, am I wrong? Uh, those uh, are traps the same way. I mean, are those energy traps something? Can you fix them? Yeah. Uh, I mean, recognizing them. Can you recognize them without knowing the person? Oh, Coach, I think I think we should let Linda give your listeners a thumbnail sketch because um, this is incredibly important in, for anybody who plays tennis or is an athlete. Linda. Yeah, you were talking about the crossover with basketball, too. And and I think one of the most important um, parts of the work that we did with Coach Kremens was teaching him and the team about the energy trap and working with Coach Kremens and helping him to understand his own energy trap and then the energy trap of each of the players. Because once you understand what each player's trap is, then you can communicate with them from a different from a different level because you'll know what fear they are in and what is really causing the problem. Um, so often we see players competing and what they're doing isn't working. And it's really obvious to everyone, you know, that what they're doing isn't working and we ask, well, why don't they do something different? Why aren't they changing their strategy? Why don't they um, incorporate something else into their game? And one of the, the, the main reasons is because of energy traps. Energy traps are the, um, the foundation of what holds us back from achieving our goals. And everyone, I've never met anyone who does not have a primary and a secondary energy trap. Um, I've met people that have really worked on them and in order to avoid falling into the trap, but they still have to, but they still have it and they still have to be aware of it. So in, in understanding energy traps, the first thing is to know is that an energy trap is based on fear. So when you are in the trap, you are in fear. And these, these fears come up when we are close to achieving a goal or when we are um, in a situation where it's very important to us. For some reason, we have a feeling that what is going on is very important. And that in itself makes us vulnerable to going into the energy trap, which um, in my conversation with God 30 years ago or whenever it was when I wrote Yes, God Speaks to Women Too, what I came to understand was that we were, you know, we were 
brought into this world, and it could have been just everything perfect for us with no challenges. But in God's um, all-knowingness, knew that we would love to have a challenge, that if things were too easy, we'd get bored. And so I think that's where these, these energy traps come in, is to challenge us really to um, either come from, to, to come from love in everything that we're doing, basically, and to stay out of fear. And so just understanding what the energy traps are alone helps us to, um, to stay out of the trap. And maybe, and, uh, maybe you should explain, you know, what, what they are to the audience. So give them a heads up and why they need to talk to somebody like you and Bryce. Well, for, for starters, everything is energy. Everything in an athlete or a tennis player is energy. And as Linda's written in the confidence factor, uh, basically your, your energy can be one of three places, mm-hmm. correct? Right. And it can, it can be stuck. And we've all seen athletes when their energy is stuck and they look really tight. It can be scattered, and that's when balls start spraying all over the court. Or it can be basically flowing and in balance. Correct. Correct. And and that's that's where we want it to be. And so I'm going to let Linda maybe give you a thumbnail sketch on on the energy traps and and to get more information and to stay in touch with us, simply go to to our website yourmentalcoach.com and you can always get in touch with us and and get our books. But Linda, would you like to maybe follow up on on Coach Denise's question on what? you know, what some specific energy traps are that athletes fall into? Yeah. You were touching on one of them just now. <laughs> yeah. It's like I want to jump in the middle of it, but we need to really start at the beginning. And so what I'll do is just very briefly describe each of the energy traps. And, the, and they're not in any special order, like one is worse or better than another. It's just the way I'm going to give them to you. But the first one is arrogance. And remember, they're all based on fear. So the definition of arrogance in this, in this study is the fear of being judged. Okay? So in the, in the, in the po- there's a positive and a negative side. When you're in the positive side of this energy, then you are in, you're in love energy and things are, going, are flowing and your energy is flowing and in balance. So there's a positive side and a negative, and the negative is when you're in fear. Now, the positive side of arrogance is a strong sense of confidence and a sense of really knowing who you are. There's a lot of leadership energy with this, um, with arrogance uh, in the positive pole. But when it goes into the negative pole, when the fear of being judged gets triggered, then it, it then it really becomes very disrespectful. It becomes um, it, it, sometimes it actually looks like the traditional meaning of arrogance. Somebody who thinks they they're better than someone else, and so it can um, sometimes it can manifest as I'm okay, you're not okay. 
But it can also manifest as you're okay and I'm not okay. So it can also go back at the person themselves. In right. um, in tennis matches, this is where you see the prima donna, the sulking, the drama, the drama out there. Um, lots of hand movements, lots of um, sometimes lots of loud language and outbursts when they're in fear. Um, Okay, so just we'll, we'll just I'll name them all, and then we'll go back and we'll give you examples, and and we want to talk about some of the players that everybody knows who ha- and talk about their energy tra- traps to help you understand even better. So the next one is self-deprecation, and self-deprecation is the fear of not being good enough. And in the in the positive side, these people are. Um, have a really a deep sense of who they are. They're more humble. So their confidence is, is a quieter confidence. Uh, they're, uh, they're not going to be real showy. They're going to, um, they'll be the person who will, you know, you'll think, oh, they don't have a chance. But they'll be working and um, doing their plan and slowly winning the match and surprising people because it wasn't really in your face kind of energy. But in the, on the negative side, when they're in the trap, in the fear, then they're not believing in themselves. They feel like they're not good enough. And they actually believe that in that moment when they're in that fear, even though everybody around them can be telling them, oh, you're so good, you know, you can do this. It, they're feeling like they're not good enough, they're not worthy, uh, that they can't do something. So that's self-deprecation. The third one is impatience, and that's the fear of not having enough time or of missing out or of running out of time. And in the, in the positive side, these are people who actually, when they're not in fear, are extremely patient. They're also very good at um, cutting through things and, you know, they can just like uh, get things done because they know what, to, what doesn't really need to be done. And, and they, they know the essence of what has to be done. And, they, and, and so they get things done quickly and they achieve things, they can achieve things quickly. However, when they're in the negative pull when they're in the fear which is the trap then they get real they have an anxious feeling and they start rushing and um, they don't take enough time to um, do what they actually need to do to accomplish what they want to accomplish they're rushing they feel anxious and they can get real real judgmental also when they're in the fear or in the trap And then the next one is called martyrdom, and that's the fear of being a victim. And in the positive poll, these people uh, will give you the shirt off their back. They're very generous, and they're always there. Coaches, if if a coach asks somebody who, you know, for help on the team, they'll be the first one to volunteer. So, you know, in their positive poll, they're, they're just these lovely people. But when they go into the fear in, their, in the negative pull, then they're feeling like um, it's always worse for me, that no matter what I do, 
things don't work out. And they really believe when they're in that fear that whatever it is that they're um, thinking is causing the problem is worse for them than for anybody else. Like, for instance, if it were windy out and you were playing tennis, they would think that the wind was against them and not have any realization at all that their opponent has the same wind to deal with. Um, Yeah, and then then the last one we're going to talk about today is stubbornness, and this is the fear of change. Now, in the positive pole, it's determination. It's loyalty. These people, when they say they're going to do something, you know you can count on it. They're going to do it. When it gets into the fear, though, the negative side, then it actually is stubbornness, you know, that kind of their stubbornness and mule kind of thing. They'll um, keep doing something that actually isn't working, but they'll keep doing it out of stubbornness. And I know I can do this. And they'll, and they'll just really dig themselves deeper and deeper into a hole um, because they, they won't accept change, doing something different. All right, so that's a quick summary of them. Uh Um, But let's go into some examples of. Would that help, John, if we gave some examples of. of No, I think that's good. Let let me start with an example, if I uh, can. And this this is actually (laughs) from Bobby, because she's um, uh, just had uh, eye surgery, cataracts done. So the last couple of weeks, I've been uh, driving her all over the stores. And um, when we get to the uh, store, she says, you stay out here and make uh, some phone calls. Because she says, remember uh, the energy traps. We don't know where yours are. And mine is impatient. And uh, <laughs> so she picked up. So she said, "Make yourself useful." And uh, I have a phone in the car. She said, "Make some phone calls, but don't aggravate the poor people in there." And uh, and it's just, and I can listen to lectures all day long. Like you know, I love sitting and listening to lectures. But for some reason, when I get in a store, I'm a different person. <laughs> So that's where your challenge is. And have you been? Yeah, I'm just afraid to... I don't have enough years, baby. I say I've gotten worse just in the last couple of years, but she says that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you have a story you want to tell us? Oh, um, Coach, you might. I think your listeners might find this interesting. Uh, when Linda was first doing the research. Um, for, for the confidence factor, and yes, God speaks to women too. We were speaking at the, uh, the intercollegiate tennis coaches, uh, the college coaches national convention, and Patrick McEnroe had just flown in as Davis Cup captain from Spain, where we had had, had to play Spain on slow red clay, which you can imagine is not a, <laughs> a, a great advantage for the United States in most years. And, and, and in sharing the energy traps, just as we are with your audience today, he said, wow. He said, I've got to share this story with you. And, and I want to share it because 
I have incredible respect for Andy Roddick and the commitment he made to our Davis Cup team over all the years. Again, energy traps can be positive and negative. When, when Andy was in the positive pole of his stubbornness, he would, he would hang in there forever to win a match, and it's an incredible quality for any of us. However, in this case, what was happening was he was playing the Dow, slow red clay. I mean, it felt, felt like being at a bullfight, according to uh, Patrick McEnroe. And he, he said that every time Andy hit a really good serve, Nadal would simply clear the net by several feet, hit him behind the baseline, and then it would be a ground stroke exchange, which in most cases Nadal was going to win. So as, as they got farther into the match, on one of the changeovers, uh, Patrick McEnroe said to Andy, he said, you know, Andy, he said, he's, he's, so, he's so dialed in on that right now. Your serve is still really working. He said, if you could kick it high to the backhand and come. You lost him. I don't know what happened. Hopefully he'll call back in. Uh, we did lose him, but uh, I do want to hear the rest of the story with Patrick uh, McEnroe. Um, while I, well, I think we have him back on uh, now. Let's see. You do, you do, you do have there. Can you hear me? Okay. Can you hear me? We lost. Okay. We sure. lost for Pat. We lost him when Packet Patrick McEnroe. Uh, was talking to uh, Andy Roddick. We lost you yeah. for some reason, but you're back on now. But, Go ahead with the story. No, no problem, because this is the key part of the story, and that is that Patrick thought, look, if you can kick the ball high to the backhand on Nadal, since he's clearing the, the net by, by so much, simply come in and make a volley, and, and you're going to take everything away from him. You won't have to hit 20, 30, 40 ball rallies behind the baseline with him. And it's really going to help you. Well, by this stage of the match, with stubbornness is the fear of change. And according to Patrick, Andy jumped up to go out and serve, kicked a high ball to, to Nadal's backhand, got a sitter on top of the net, and slammed it in the bottom of the net and turned around to Patrick and said, that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) 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 And and I I mean, all of us, you know, Andy has such a great sense of humor, he'd probably laugh at it too. Basically what he was saying was, I don't want to do this. And I don't want to change what I'm doing. And, And so... That, that, that's one of the things that happens to all of us when we go into the negative pole. Yeah. Well, we know. Uh-oh. I, I don't know why, hopefully, but we are having some problem uh, right now. But uh, knowing just it's, it's important to know the energy traps and uh, because if you do know the energy traps, then at least you know why you're doing it. So I think that's the important thing of knowing the energy traps anyway. I think we have them back on now, so you can see the professional. We're with you. Okay. And, I don't know why, we, but I've lost you a couple of times. Right. So, so sorry for that. Um, 
so I, I think what what Linda's really raising awareness on is you want to be able to manage your energy well, therefore you want to be aware of what affects your energy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know how if you watch the finals at Indian Wells with Del Potro and Federer on Sunday. I, was, I did after because I I hate what I love Feather and Venus Williams. I truthfully never watch them live because I'm too involved in them. Uh, so I I just <laughs> like the two of them. So I always tape it and uh, I watch it sometimes just like I did that. Just minutes after my wife had a thing that went in and she said and I knew who won because she told me she said you'll be disappointed. And uh, but I can enjoy it then. I can analyze it then. But if I watch it live, I become a different person with those two. And that, and they're probably the only two of them. In basketball, I can watch. I love the uh, tournaments, and I watch it. And it, it doesn't matter who plays. Okay. Well, um, I loved watching it because it was a uh, great example of two players falling into their energy trap. Uh, both Federer and Del Potro um, were at different times caught in their traps. And right. um, at the begin- beginning of the match, I could tell right away that uh, Federer was going to be in trouble that day because he was he one of his energy traps is impatience. And when he goes into that trap, you, it's it's really vivid. You can see it because he's. Normally, he's so um, calm and good-humored. But when he's in the, in the, in the um, negative side of impatience, he, his frustration and his, he, you know, you, you just feel like he's out of sorts. There's something off with him. And what it is is that he has, for whatever reason, fallen into impatience. And that's what happened in the match with him. And you could see how it would play out where normally um, shots that, that, that he makes, you know, how many, how many thousands of times he's made the shot, but he'll have unforced errors, he'll rush shots. He, um, if you slow it down, you can see that he's not keeping his head down. He, you know, he's rushing his shot by lifting his head. And he's... Um, also, getting uh, his energy is scattered. Usually, when we are in the trap of impatience, our energy is scattered. So we also saw him talking to the umpire, being upset with things that that were going on, and very unfederer like. Okay, but um, it's just you know, in a close match and in that kind of environment, that's all it takes. You know, it, it just that's going to um, uh, cause cause him to have uh, unforced errors, even double faults in the in the tiebreak. And the other interesting part was Del Potro was in martyrdom, and Del Potro, you know, he's this gentle giant. So normally we see this, you know, I mean, not the way he hits the ball, but personality. He's um, such a nice guy, but he was, um, he fell into the 
negative poll of martyrdom where how it came out was everyone's against me. And so he got he got stuck in that uh, the umpire is not doing enough to stop the fans from cheering for Federer and whatever, you know, they were doing that was really maybe beyond what is good sportsmanship for fans. But so he was arguing with the umpire as well from, but from the perspective of, you know, nothing, you know, nothing, nobody, nobody is, is for me, everybody's against me. And that, that affected his energy. So for me watching that, it was who's going to be able to um, get out of their trap long enough to um, put together enough points to win this match. Just going down to the, obviously, to that third set, it was going to be, you know, it was kind of up in the air who's going to do it. It wasn't the most, consequently, it wasn't the most beautiful match, you know, uh, shot-wise. But... Uh, but tension and energy-wise and, and observing what can happen to people when they're in the trap and learning from it, it was awesome. Because um, probably impatience even more than martyrdom do I see in, in athletes and uh, how it affects them in competition. Because going into impatient, when we start rushing in sports, when, you know, it really... It, it can turn to frustration quite easily, and matches can get out of hand before we, you know, before we know what's happened. But that was, uh, you know, it was a fun one. Usually, you know, uh, we we talked about Federer and um, how long it took him to change his his backhand. You know, I mean, once Nadal came on and started attacking his backhand. That was the time for him to consider. Well, that was how many years ago, and it took him. I mean, it took him years. Till I mean, just you know, what was it a year ago or two years ago now, um, where he, you know, he finally changed his backhand. And some people talk about him now, like you know, that he's probably better than he ever has been. But the stubbornness, the fear of change, was also something that was holding Federer back with changing something in his game. Because, of course, it had gotten him to where he was, so it's even harder for him to think, why change? Why change a good plan here? But as we see, the, once he opened to it, it really added a new dimension to this game that we are enjoying immensely right now. So the understanding the energy traps and recognizing how how they are affecting you and, and in life, how they're affecting, you know, like you talked about, you and Bobby being aware of the energy traps and helping each other with them, that can really make a difference in, in our relationships with other people because it's the, it, for instance, with the impatience, the impatience is what's going to cause the real problem. If you get into being impatient, then you get frustrated and you probably start getting angry and, you know, and who knows where you go with, you know, once you start going down that track. It's probably not pretty, which I'm glad that you two are are working on that. But I know that for myself, too, because impatience is one of my energy traps. And 
being able to stop um, stop myself from going into the trap and staying in the positive pole of patience has made a huge difference in my life. I mean, you, you start feeling a peace in your life because you actually have so much more control of your energy and what you're doing and your responses instead of reacting to situations from that fear that is your challenge in life. Yeah, it makes sense when you when you say that. You know, one of the questions that has been in discussion a lot lately, and I know most of your uh, work in sports psychology, most of your work is not done at a match or it's done prior, getting people ready, getting people understanding. But one of the big topics that's going on now is coaching. Should coaching be in the men's side as like it is on the women's side? It appears as though many of the women think it's great and should be, and I don't know if it's masculinity or what it is that's uh, some of the men's all know it's, uh, that's the way the game is, and uh, you know if you can't handle that. But can if you know somebody's and you're working with them, then energy shift. What would your view, both of you, or maybe do you have separate views? Uh, do you think coaching? Number two questions, maybe. Do you think coaching uh, on the men's side and the pros is could would be relevant? And number two. During that period of time, uh, can you do anything about an energy trap that you see uh, your players in? Oh, my gosh, yes. If you, like, when I was coaching tennis, I could help my players get out of their trap when they felt, when they went into it. And, um, I can tell you a story of, of someone who was in self-depth, self-deprecation, the fear of not being good enough. This one player, and she was one of the best players on our team, and um, we were playing a dual match, and I looked out, and um, the doubles point was going on, the doubles play, and I thought she was crying. And I thought, oh, my gosh, what, you know, what's going on there? And, of course, the doubles goes so fast. And they lost their doubles match, and I had intended to talk to her before the single started, but I got um, waylaid and didn't get a chance. And the next thing I knew, she was out playing her singles match, still crying, um, still upset, and obviously losing the match quite badly. And um, by the time I was able to get out there, she had already lost the first set and was starting in the second set. And I went up to her, and, uh, you know, I'm walking across the court, you know. I was like, okay, what am I going to say to her, you know. And I know she's in her energy trap. I know that she's in self-deprecation. That, um, and and, and when, when people get into self-deprecation, it's very wounding. It, it, um, it's that feeling of not being good enough, not being worthy, it really hurts. I mean, it, it like hits you to your core when you're in that fear, um, more so than some of the other ones. It doesn't. It definitely doesn't produce anger or frustration. It's just a heavy, awful feeling, and that's where she was. 
so I go out to her. And, uh, you know, and my intention is I know I need to help her change her energy and get back into love energy and out of her trap. So I went up to her, and um, the first thing I said to her was, um, do you know what a mantra is? And she looks at me, I mean, just totally like, what are you talking about, you know? And and, uh, because it was so out of, you know, it, it was to her, it was, you know, not at all in sync with what we, what she was doing. But so I said, well, it's a, it's, it's, in this case, it's, it's just like a phrase that you repeat over and over again to keep your mind quiet. And she's listening, but she's trying not to cry as she's listening. And I said, you know, um, do you know what a good mantra for you would be? And she responds with, because she knows me and we've worked, done a lot of work together, and, and she says, have fun. And I'm always saying fun is this high energy frequency, and if you have fun, that you're going to play better. And I looked at her and I said, I'm really sorry, Susie, but today there's no way you're going to have fun. <laughs> she's looking at okay, so now I really have her attention. She is, you know, really her focus has gotten off of whatever um uh whatever had um whatever she had been focused on as far as her not being worthy or good enough. And I said, All I want you to do think today when you're playing is I can do this. So I want you to go up to the line and you know, as soon as the ball goes out of play, just repeat over and over again, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. So being a good, good athlete and a good team member, she starts doing that. She goes back. She has a long game where she's serving. She wins the serve, and it's starting to feel a little better. And slowly she starts working back in and ends up winning the second set. So she's sitting down, and I go to change the the cards, the scorecards, and I hear the other play, players saying, I can't do this. I don't know what's going on. I can't do this. And I'm like, happy as can be, because I'm hearing the other player, the opponent, saying, I can't do this. And my player over here is saying, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. So who are you going to bet on if, if you were a betting man, John? Um, I could do this. Yeah, of course, yeah. Yes. So she went back and she ended, She did win, win the match. And the thing is that all she did was change from I, the negative pole, which is I can't do this. That's what she's thinking at so many levels. And by first getting her focus off of what her concern was, her fear, and then telling her the thought that would change her energy. And and that's exactly that's exactly what happened. And so often it's um, that in in a coach can do that with a player. Once they understand energy traps, it would it's even easier. Like um, if somebody had was like if Federer was being coached by me <laughs> during that match on, on Sunday, what I would have said to him was, 
Okay, take a deep breath. You've just gone into impatience. So just slow down. And then I would give him one thing to do that he has 100% control over. And that so could I'm be something assuming. like, pardon me? I said, so I'm assuming um, then that you do agree that uh, coaching on the men's side would be relevant. Well, I know it would be helpful, but there's also a part of me that loves that the players out there by themselves. So I'm really torn, you know. I like I like coaching, and uh, I like that element because it adds another element to it or another dynamic. But I also like having the person have to figure that out themselves, you know. It's, <laughs> so it's a draw for me. I mean, it, obviously it could help. Definitely. How about Bryce? What is his feeling on it? Well, I'll tell you, it's, I, I'm I, I'm torn as well, um, and and I think you'd have to to know how often a coach could take the court, if at all, um, mm-hmm. because the beauty of the sport is when you prepare the athlete, is to see if they can do the problem solving, and so um, I. I see I see both ends of it. There, there's kind of a practical end of it, too, and that is that only to a very high level can most players even afford a coach. Yeah, good point. And so it's, it's, it may be a bit of a disadvantage if somebody has a, a well-paid coach because they've done really well in the past and, and uh, an up-and-comer or a, a veteran who doesn't have a lot, of, uh, uh, a lot of reserves can't have a coach there to help him. Uh, but uh, I, I, th- I think it's, I think it's, uh, it's a worthy. I, I think Linda is correct here, Coach, in that uh, very quickly the the coach and the player when they're in sync and there's not too much ego involved on the part of the player being concerned about a coach coming out there. I think you could make adjustments. Um, we see it. There's your basketball analogy. We see it in basketball, so. I think it would be possible in tennis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think I have mixed feelings uh, too, and it's uh, I I'm, I do see there could be a part of me I see, but the part of it like having the work that's done before. I preached so many years that you know it's your preparation that's going to come out in the game. Well, that's really is part of your preparation, so. Uh, so I, I can see both sides too. So it's going to be one of those things where I guess we're going to keep discussing on uh, Facebook. And I do encourage that. I always tell the people, let's you know get the questions out there. Let's discuss them. And one of these days we might find some solutions. <laughs> yeah. Well, we um, the one thing we didn't get to today was um, how do you get out of the trap? But I think we're we don't have quite enough time to do that today, but we do um, in the confidence factor, and yes, that speaks to women too, I go into quite a bit of depth explaining how to get out of the traps and actually in, in situations when we're going to be most vulnerable to falling into our trap. But I highly you know, encourage um, anyone that's listening today to, to think about it and look into it I know when I first 
started um, researching these way back when. Uh, I didn't think I had any of the energy traps. <laughs> oh, no, that's, you know, none of those affect me. And then I um, worked on it a little bit harder and discovered, oh, yeah, I, I have I have a couple of these that, that affect me and my life. And, and it really can change your life. It, it, you know, I can't emphasize that enough. And, and a lot of the work that we do is so much about, you know, about the sport, but it's really about the person's life as well. And, right. and that's what uh, it comes down to. And that, that was the point I was trying to make is, you know, and I still have a problem. I don't, maybe it's just I'm not smart enough. Can we motivate people? How do you activate that confidence? I think that if you don't know the individual, you don't have a snowball's chance. Uh, but, and it takes time. So it's, uh, you know, people like you are, are so needed. And and I think they, they, you have to be part of the team. I understand the schools, it's another expense, uh, but... I, would you tell the people, because we have to, in our next conversation, a couple of months from now, we're going to have to, I have one, two, three, four, I still have five more questions that I didn't get to, so we have to get more on this, but oh, in the meantime, tell the people how to get a hold of you so uh, they can sit there and get the books, because uh, it's worthwhile reading, it really is. Certainly. Um, simply go to yourmentalcoach.com and that will provide you uh, the ability to get the books easily and to contact us. Um, my, my, my telephone number, because we're doing a lot of FaceTime sessions with people all over the country, and so 612-269-4949. Again, if uh, if we get a call or someone leaves us a message at 612-269-4949, we will certainly follow up with them. Good. Well, I appreciate the two of you yeah. taking the time. Go ahead. I don't know if it's good. No, not at all. Did you have anything you wanted to add? That, that's, well, simply that, that's what. That's how we're able to help people. A lot of times they're like, well, you know, you're on Hilton Head Island. How can we get your help? Because juniors love working on this sort of thing. And the parents simply set up FaceTime, uh, FaceTime sessions, and we can do those with the juniors whenever they're available. Right. Well, as the audience has probably figured out, I'm not going to have my commentary at the end of the show uh, because <laughs> I've run out of time. But I think uh, it was more important, the discussion we had. And uh, like I've said before, um, it, it isn't always uh, – you're not going to hear my commentary all the time, and it will say, uh, be saved. So we will talk about it. I will ask you, though, if you want to get into a discussion, please contact me uh, at Coach Denise, that's D-A-N-I-S-E dot F-H-S-T-C-A at A-T-T dot net. I do answer the emails. I don't take calls over there. 
Uh, I will be the next issue coming out of Florida Tennis Magazine. I will have, actually have a three-piece. The next three issues will be discussing some of the problems that Chuck Reese and a lot of other people brought up, some of the uh, uh, aggravation, let me say, with uh, organizations. But I will... I believe if we talk about them, we can solve some of them. So I'm going to give you my point of view. I do want to hear your point of view. And if uh, you want to let me know, let me know there. I look forward to talking with you two weeks from now. Uh, the almighty willing will have uh, Dr. Uh, Alan Fox on the broadcast. And please let me know what you want to hear I, I am blessed when, to have uh, Linda LeClaire, Bryce Young, uh, Chuck Reese, uh, Coach uh, Scott Williams, uh, Alan Fox, uh, Dr. John Murray. Uh, it just makes the broadcast uh, so much better. So thank you all, and I look forward to talking with you um, in two weeks. And by the way, Bobby says, uh, Happy Easter, too. Hi. Thank you. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.